Good morning, all. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rebecca, and uh, as Rachel just said, I'm going to be preaching this morning. As you can see from the slide, we're in the middle of a series, a summer series, which is called Teach Us to Pray. And the reason we've called it that is that when Jesus' friends and disciples asked him, they said, teach us to pray, Lord, how do we pray? He gave them a prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. And that's what we've been looking at for the last few weeks. Uh, who was here when Chris kicked off How Not to Pray was the title of his sermon? If you missed that, it's online. Uh, what about the next week? Claire Paulson, she tackled Our Father in Heaven, Hallowed Be Your Name. That's also online if you want to catch up with that. I recommend you catch up with all of these sermons if you've missed them over the summer. And then last week, Pete King uh, took us through Your Kingdom Come, Your Will Be Done on Earth as in Heaven, which was great. So they're all available. This is a series because it's about the Lord's Prayer, and so they follow one from another. So do encourage you to catch up and listen if you can. And so today, we get to the next line in the prayer. So, now for long years, I'm sure you know this, many of you who've grown up uh, in this country or in another country with a Christian heritage or influence will have probably been praying this prayer uh, throughout your whole lives. So you may have prayed it at school, uh, in this way, our oh, Father in heaven, how be your name? Or can it come, your will be done, earth is in heaven, give us our hand. Remember that? That sort of just. Da, la, 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 la. You may have prayed it at weddings, at, in all sorts of contexts, in church. It's not the sort of thing we do in this church very often, but in the last few weeks we have been, which has been great. And so it was a prayer, as I've already said, that Jesus gave to his disciples when they said, and that you'll find recorded in Luke's Gospel although today we're looking at Matthew's Gospel. They said, teach us to pray, Lord, and this is what he gave them. And the likelihood is that they would have prayed it, like not in that disinterested kind of bored way, but they would have actually prayed it verbatim. That's the way prayer was used often in that context. Uh, we think prayer has always got to be spontaneous, don't we? And, uh, you know, of the moment, and that's great. But actually Jesus gave his followers this prayer and said, pray like this say this and so that's what they did very likely and many people do use it as a prayer to pray through word for word but also I think it's helpful and we've said this before it's also if you like a helpful model for prayer isn't it it's a helpful example from the Lord Jesus himself of the aspects of prayer and I know many of you use it as a model so, so as a sort of a, an example of what prayer should look like and the different aspects of it so I hope you've been finding it helpful, uh, this series. And um, just quickly to recap, I'm not going to recap everything that's gone before. You can go and listen to those. But just to point out, as I'm sure you have noticed, uh, it starts off this prayer by addressing us to our Father, telling us to focus our eyes on God, our Father in heaven, the one seated above all things. That's where we start, isn't it? Sometimes prayer can feel like something that uh, people do when they're desperate. It's like, ah, no, I need to pray. This has all gone wrong. They might not even be believers. You know, this is a prayer that unbelievers pray as well as believers, isn't it? I'm sure many of you prayed it before you were Christians. But actually what Jesus says is like, no, you just focus on God. He's the Father. He's in heaven. He's in the place of authority. You honour him first. Hallowed be your name. And then what does he tell us to do? He says... And do you know what? Prayer means God's agenda is first. 
It's not that we come always like, what do I need? What do I need God to do for me? What do I want him to give me today? What do I need from him this moment? It's like, oh, hold on a minute. It's your kingdom. And we've already prayed, haven't we, about that this morning, which is great. Your kingdom is first, Lord. Your kingdom is first. Your agenda, your will, not mine, is first. That's where he takes us as he teaches us to pray. And then we get to the point where Jesus says, but prayer is also about coming to your Father and asking for what you need. It is about asking. It's about getting our priorities in order. We look to him, we honour him first. Life is about worship of him first. It's about his agenda and his kingdom. But then we're invited by Jesus, aren't we? We're invited. He says, come to your father and ask him. And what are we to ask him? You're going to have to help me, Joel, because the clicker's not working. This is what we are to ask him. So before... Before anything else, we're to honour God, we're to say, your kingdom, Lord, not mine, your will, not mine. Then Jesus invites us to ask. Ask for what? Daily bread. That's all. Have you ever stopped to think about that? That's all. When it comes to material needs, in the Lord's Prayer at least, we're invited to ask for our daily bread. 24 hours worth of necessity, is what Jesus says, come and ask for. I find that interesting. In my context, where I live, how I live, in this nation, in this city, today, I find that interesting and at once challenging. Before we even get into the detail and think about what it's saying, immediately I think, man, that's what Jesus invites me to ask for. 24 hours worth of necessity. Already I feel challenged by that. There's a picture coming up um, of a, a restaurant, cafe you may have seen. Um, is there a picture coming up? There is. A, there it is. In London and elsewhere, there's this chain. Have you seen this? Who's seen these or eaten in one of these? There's one monument that I go to sometimes to meet a friend. It's, it's French. It's called Le Pain Quotidien. And it means daily bread. It's Belgian, I beg your pardon. The language is French. Le pain quotidien is French for daily bread. Every time you see this from now on, you think about that. This, that's what it means. It means daily bread. It's like, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to look for? What am I supposed to ask you for? Daily bread. Le pain quotidien. That's just a little, you know, it's just, that's a freebie. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, because it is just one little sentence, it's six words, I'm going to take us through word by word and just see what this verse is going to say to us today. By the way, this is just a prop. I'm not, you're not going to get to eat it. <laughs> Although Kezia just had a breadstick. But um, it's just, it's interesting, right? Bread in all its forms, or not all its forms, but many of its forms, we'll come on to a bit later. So, what's our verse? Joel, if you would. Give us today our daily bread. Okay, we're going to go by uh, word by word. Give. Give. When we come to God in prayer, we come to the ultimate giver, don't we? Yeah. We don't come to twist his arm or to earn anything. We come to the giver. Give us. We come dependent. We come helpless. We come with nothing we can give him apart from our worship. We come to the ultimate giver. 
one who gives life, the one we've already sang this morning. Every breath we have comes from him, right? We're, otherwise, we're not... Every breath you take... Oh, that's a song. Every, think about this. Every single inhalation of breath is a blessing from God. He sustains life. Everything we have. And one of my favourite verses in the Bible coming up now from James is this. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Do you know that? I think when we pray this prayer and this line of this prayer, many of us don't need to ask. You may know where your next meal is coming from. We live in a pretty wealthy society, don't we? And and we don't necessarily think, oh, I need to ask God for my bread for tomorrow. But what we do need to do, and what I think this prayer helps us to do at this point, is to say, oh, hold on, I just need to remember everything I have. Everything that's good comes from him. Everything. And give thanks. As you ask, as you pray this, give thanks. Oh, God, you give me everything. Not only everything I need, but so much more besides. If you have a roof over your head, give thanks. He gave it. If you have bread for today and tomorrow, give thanks. If you have more than that, give thanks. You know, I, I uh, regularly give thanks for my bed <laughs> and, our, and, and our roof, the roof over our heads and our comfy beds. I really do, because they're, they're blessings from God, from his hand. You know, and I, and I think that in this prayer, this is the line in this prayer that reminds us to give thanks. Yes, we're praying, God, provide for our needs, but at the same time, we're forcing ourselves to acknowledge, ah, oh yeah, he's the one who provides for my needs. I may go to work, uh, I may earn money, I may do the shopping, you know, I may cook the food, but it all comes from him. The Bible says that, that the sun shines and the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, the truth is everything that's good comes from God. Amen. He made it all. It's his design. Everything good comes from God our Father. And we need to remind ourselves daily of that fact and give thanks, don't we? Second word, us. Give us. Now, if you heard Claire Paulson's sermon, she started off with our Father and she talked about that, how it's important when we come to Father God, we remember he's not just my Father, he's our Father. The significance of that is that we are us, not I. Yeah? We are church, we are family of God. We also are calling Jesus' Father, Father. We, he's our Father in the sense that he's Jesus' Father and my Father as well. He's our Father together with the Lord Jesus. And us, give us our daily bread. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Lord's Prayer doesn't have an individualistic impulse in it anywhere. And which is weird for us, because we live in a very individualistic culture. I don't know if you've noticed. Those of you who are local, who live here, um, you, heard, I mean, you may have heard the expression about weird nations. They are nations which are Western, educated, industrialised, rich, democratic, weird. So, and those nations, many of us come from those nations, we, are, we do not think us, our. We don't think like that. And it's countercultural. And this prayer just... Remember, if you were here when Claire did this little gimmick... I don't have any gimmicks, really, sorry. She got her little girl to stand on her head. It's like this prayer just turns the world upside down. And for us in our culture, this does. Give us. It's not about me. When I'm praying for bread, or for provision, it's not just about me. 
It's about us. And wasn't that great this morning to pray for other nations, to pray for God's favour? That image that um, Christine shared of the dams breaking of God's mercy and power breaking out in every nation. Yeah, let's just keep that. You know, it's our, it's us. Give us. When you pray for, when you pray, give us today our daily bread. I just encourage you, this has really changed my thinking this week because I've been thinking about this. Pray for others. You know, when we were just, um, I'm just going to read this, because when, when Chris encouraged us just now to pray for other nations, I just looked up um, about Zimbabwe, what's happening in Zimbabwe uh, right now. For those of you who don't know, they're in, uh, going through dreadful crisis, and many people are facing starvation. And uh, when the, the uh, long-term president, Mugabe, was ousted, everyone hoped for better things, but actually it's, it's in a shocking state. And I just read this this morning, just sitting here while we were praying. So they were hoping things would get better. It says here in The Guardian just this week, instead, living conditions for millions have deteriorated dramatically. Mkomo, this this lady, her husband earns the equivalent of £40 a month working in a morgue. The couple pay a monthly rent of £15. A kilo of sugar is almost £22. Bread is unaffordable. This here, I just popped to the shop this morning and bought loads of bread. It, It wasn't hard. A few couple of quid, maybe. Bread is unaffordable. Pray for Zimbabwe. Pray for brothers and sisters who are in nations where they literally don't know where their provision is coming from. Can we lift our eyes and and remember that as we ask our Father to provide, we have brothers and sisters all over the world who literally don't know where bread's coming from. And of course, it's not just material provision, is it? It's danger and danger to life and limb and dreadful. Tragedy, but I think this is what this is what Jesus is inviting us to to do, is to lift our eyes and say, provide for us, and not just us, but us, around the world, across the nation, this local church, the the church in our area, the church national and global, and for the human family as well. God have mercy and provide. Can you just put up the next verse, please, Joel and. Uh, This is from the book of James again. You may be familiar with this. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed, what good is that? And again, I feel, you know, this is a great challenge for us, and this this church is so generous. I know so many great stories in this church, and I know you do too, of, of the church ministering to one another's needs. Because as we pray for people, as we pray, God, would you provide for my brother here and my sister there? I know these people are in need. I know there's great uh, famine here. You know, as we pray that, God stirs our heart, doesn't he? He draws us into his own compassion for people, and then he makes us the answer to the prayer very often. And I know so many people here who are like that, who just give of themselves, whether it's time or money, material things. You say, God, would you provide? And he draws us into his own compassionate heart for people. It's a beautiful thing. And I pray that as we use this prayer, that that's going to happen. That as we pray for provision, our eyes would just be lifted. And we would, we would just find the heart of God, the compassionate heart of God, for those around us and those far away from us. Third word is today. Give us today <clears throat> our daily bread. So, uh, Jesus is inviting us to come 
daily, isn't he? Every day. We're to pray for today. Enough for today. And a bit later in Matthew 6, Jesus says to um, the people listening, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Okay, let's just worry about today. Pray today. Pray today. Every day is today, isn't it? That means every day. Jesus says, yeah, just come to your Father daily. And it reminds us about, um, there's a story in the Old Testament where the people of God are wandering in the desert. And as you can imagine, in the desert there's not much to eat. And God says to Moses, don't worry, I'm going to provide. I'm the provider. Give us this day. Give us today. And what does he do? He sends this miraculous provision, doesn't he, of manna, which we always think of as bread. I mean, the Bible does talk about it as bread, but it's, it's not. It's a bit weird. It sounds, the Bible says it's like coriander seed, but also like wafers that tasted like honey. <laughs> but every single day without fail, when they woke up, it was on the ground. And they, what were they told? They were told, just take enough for today. Just take enough for today. And if you keep it till tomorrow, it goes bad. It actually spoiled overnight. Apart from on the sixth day of the week when they were told to get enough for two days because of the Sabbath. And then it didn't spoil. God provided this daily bread, as well actually as meat. Remember the quails in the evening as well. Daily, come daily. There's enough. There's enough. I almost feel like it's Jesus saying, don't worry, I'll still be here tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow, come back to me. Just keep coming daily. And what does it do? It speaks to us, doesn't it, of dependence, of trust. It's not, um, Lord, I don't know, how I'm, I don't know what's going to happen you know, next year when this happens, or I don't know if there's redundancy around the corner, or I don't know how my pension's panning out, if you've even got a pension. You know, or if there's ever going to be any left by the time we get there. Uh, you know, it, those things are not unimportant. But actually, I think what Jesus is saying is, he says, give me today, give us today. It's like, well, okay, let's just trust God. Yeah, let's come dependent to our Father every day. There's a slide with a, a bit more of Matthew 6. As I said, we were reading the prayer from Matthew 6. Jesus says this, so don't worry about these things, saying, what are we going to eat? What will we drink? What are we going to wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. That's good to know, isn't it? Yeah. I find that really good to know. Now, uh, as I said, those other things are not unimportant, and I think the Bible has lots to say, actually, about being wise with money. So this is not an invitation to fritter all your money the day you get it. Uh, because the Bible has lots of things about being wise. Uh, and in fact, I've got a couple, because Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, is full of Proverbs, full of <laughs> sayings, useful sayings about life. Okay, Good advice, I recommend it to you. Here's one from Proverbs 13. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. It's not a bad thing to be thinking about your children and your children's children. It's my, no. And here's one for you, Paul. This is from Proverbs. Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sorry about that. 
Fathers can give their sons an inheritance. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. The Bible talks a lot about looking after our own when we can. But it doesn't mean that we depend on those things or we trust in them. We come daily acknowledging it all comes from our Father's hand and we trust and depend on him. Amen? Amen. If we have much or if we have very little, it can be a snare, can't it? It can be a focus. It can be the thing that defines us. And it doesn't matter if you have much or you have little. What matters is that you come daily in dependence on your Father. That you acknowledge that it all comes from him. That he's your provider. What's the next word? The next word is our. No, our, in case you haven't noticed, is like us. It's that corporate thing. So I'm not going to do any more with that. Refer you back to my second point. Give us today our daily bread. Now, this is an interesting word, actually. For those of you who are interested in this sort of thing, in the original language, this is quite an interesting word and a bit tricky to uh, translate because it's not a very common word. But mostly, commentators seem to think it means enough for the coming day. So... Give us today what we need for tomorrow, essentially. Yeah, so our daily bread, our immediate needs. Again, I refer you to my point on today. But now we get to the star of the show. Give us today our daily bread. Bread. Who had bread for breakfast? I had Marmite soldiers with an egg. Anybody, everyone know what that means? Marmite soldiers. Marmite soldiers with a boiled egg. Such a good thing. Bread, it's to us, it's clear, isn't it? It's a staple in our nation. It's a staple food. And it was to Jesus' friends as well in that context. Bread is an everyday necessity. If you have bread, it's okay. That lady I just read about in Zimbabwe, she doesn't have any bread. That's not okay. And uh, bread is a real gospel word. Do you know it appears 97 times in the New Testament? 97 times the Greek word for bread, arton, it it appears in the whole New Testament, and 81 of those are in the Gospels. When you know that sort of thing, you have to pay attention, don't you? You have to sit up and take notice. Bread is a gospel word. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the four gospel accounts, use it 81 times. And it talks of, what does it talk about? What's it mean? It means bread. It just literally means bread. Lots of bread eaten in that time. It talks of general provision, doesn't it? And we still, in our, in our country, actually, we use the term breadwinner. You heard of that? The main breadwinner in a household is the one who earns the money to keep everything ticking over. Bread for us, it's probably less so now, but a slang term just for money, right? Cash. Uh, There are lots of other slang terms for money, but bread's one of them. Who comes from a country where bread is not the the main sort of staple thing that you eat? Anybody? Is there other contexts we come from where bread's not the thing? Cornell, that thing that they eat in your country that's like wallpaper paste. (laughs) Me. Me. What? (laughs) Not meal. Like me. Okay, maize, you know, so they use maize flour to make this gloopy 
in lots of Africa, actually, not just South Africa, I know. Uh, Jean's not back yet, is she? She's in, been in Uganda, and they eat it there as well. I'm not a big fan, but I guess it's an acquired taste. But in all sorts of parts of the world, there are different things which everybody eats all the time. Sorry, Roland, have I offended the South Africans <laughs> in the house? <laughs> That's always dangerous. Don't upset Roland. Have you seen the size of him? <laughs> Sorry, Cornell. Okay. Meat. Good. I like that. A staple food in South Africa is meat. Anybody ready for a braai? Bread. It's a, it's a, it means a lot of things, doesn't it? It means necessity. Apparently, in the time that Jesus was uh, talking, breaking bread was a synonym for coming for a meal. So if you say come to dinner at my house, I might say, oh, why don't you come for dinner or come for lunch on Sunday? They would have said, oh, why don't you come around and break bread? It didn't mean literally just come and you can rip the bread apart. It meant eat with us. That's what it means. Um, it's a necessity, but it's so much more than that. Jesus even compares himself to bread, doesn't he? The bread that means you will never hunger again, that fulfills your greatest longing. And the challenge to us, I think, as we come to this prayer is to say, give us today our daily bread, Lord. That's all it is. And we live in a culture where it seems so essential to have so much, doesn't it? It seems essential to have the next thing. If you've got teenagers, you'll know what I'm talking about. They live in a culture where it just feels so important to have the next thing whether it's the next iPhone, not just teenagers, I know there's adults in here who like their iPhones. <laughs> you know, but whether it's, the ne whether it's the newer, better car, whether it's this whole challenge to us about disposable fashion, you know, we just buy things because they're cheap, we don't really need them, we chuck them away, they're not very good, we just buy another one. That impulse in our culture to have and have and have and consume, and what's the next thing that we need, this speaks to that, because we're to be different to that. Aren't we? You've heard the quote. I don't, I don't know if this is true. It might be apocryphal, but it serves my purpose, so I'm going to use it. A guy called John D. Rockefeller, thought to be, be the wealthiest person ever, when asked how much is enough, what did he say? Just a bit more. Just a bit more is enough. And that's, that, whether he said it or not, that's what our culture is like, isn't it? It's like, it's never, it's like well, just a bit more. When I have this, or when I get that, or when we can do that, and it might, it might not be material. You know, it might be the next thing you feel will give you satisfaction in life. Very often those things aren't material. But actually, the challenge, Jesus is challenging us here and said, you know, if you come to your father and ask for your material needs, here's the challenge. Just, we're asking him for daily bread. Trusting him for enough. Trusting him for enough. And I don't say this lightly because some of you in this room are in great need. I know that, and some of us in this room are not. We, maybe you've never been in that position where you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Maybe you live often in that position, and I'm, I, I'm not being trite about that at all. And I know that as a church and as a family, as the body of Christ, we must minister to one another's needs. We, we, we don't have the option just to pray, oh, God, provide and walk away. We already read that in James, didn't we? 
But the challenge to us from the Lord's Prayer is this. Let's just rely on our Father. Let's acknowledge his goodness. Let's keep thanking him daily. for Every good gift comes from him. I mentioned earlier that um, Jesus refers to himself as bread, which to us maybe doesn't sound weird because we're very familiar with it. And every time, in fact, we take communion, we remember, don't we, that Jesus did something very weird, which to us now seems quite normal, but at the time wasn't, where he said, this bread is my body. But actually, in John's Gospel, he... He says this, I've got a couple of um, quotes from this whole discourse. It's following the miraculous feeding of many, many people from a little bit of bread. Uh, but Jesus is challenging them to think a bit harder. It's like, yeah, I know you like to have your belly full, but there's something else going on here that you need to listen to. And he says this, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the bread that endures to eternal life, which, is, which the Son of Man will give to you. And then he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. The bread of God, he says, is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And I imagine people are like thinking, what are you talking about? (laughs) But what Jesus is saying, he says, don't put your focus on those things. Yes, it's important. We all need to eat. We need a roof over our heads. We need uh, to fulfill those basic needs of life. But he's saying, just turn your attention to me, the bread of life, the one who actually fills your hunger, your spiritual internal need more than anything else can ever do. In a way that actually nothing else can ever do, can it? Material uh, possessions, food, nothing can fill our deepest need, only Jesus. So I hope as we, this is my prayer, as we rely on God as we train ourselves daily to rely on God, to trust him, to acknowledge his goodness and his grace and his favour to us. As we recognise that every gift comes from him, we're reminded daily our greatest need is also provided by him. The bread of life, Jesus himself, who brings us into that position where we can say our Father, when we can have peace with God as his children, where we can even... Even come, how can we come to the God of heaven and say, Father? Because Jesus says, come, call him our Father, because the bread of life has come. That's the only way it's possible. And if you, maybe you're sitting here today and you think, I know I've got my eyes on the wrong prize. I know that things that the rat race, that the grasping and the grabbing of our culture has got into me. You may be a Christian, but you can see that it's kind of got into you in a way that it's not meant to be. Or you may not be a Christian yet. You may be thinking, well, I don't know, is Jesus enough? Let me tell you, yes, he is. There's a culture that tells us you'll never have enough, you'll never be enough, you need the next thing. It's not true. Jesus, the Son of God, who never lied... He said, I'm the bread that's satisfied. Come to me. And and he invites us in the Lord's Prayer to come now to our Father and say, give us what we need, Lord. We trust you. If if you, when we finish in a few minutes, if you uh, have never 
explored that possibility or made that step of saying, actually, I want to be a Christian. I don't want to be relying on money or possessions or what, what's around the corner. I want to know the peace of God. Then I'd love you to come and speak to one of us, Chris or myself or anyone else you know here today. And we can just talk to you about that because you will find satisfaction for your soul that you can never be robbed of. I can never be taken away. That's the promise, and it's true. Does that sound good? Do you know, when you've had a really good meal, and you just feel like, oh, sometimes it's a Sunday afternoon feeling, isn't it? You've had a really good meal. Actually, we went to friends yesterday, and we had a barbecue, and they had some some nice wine, and we were like, oh, man, I feel really full, and just, oh, that's a good feeling. I feel a little bit sleepy, but it was great. You know that sated feeling spiritually you can have that today by coming to the father and it it never goes away you don't have to hunger again isn't that good isn't that good because that's our life friends that's the way we live isn't it that's the hope that we have that we carry that's the reason that as we prayed earlier we can tell others the good news that's what we have we have this promise never hungering again when we have Jesus. We're going to stand together in a moment and pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, And then there'll be a chance for people to come and be prayed for. Um, And I think we've got some things that uh, God has said, at least to Paul, about some things that people might like to get prayer for. But we're going to take a little bit of time because we've got it. Can I ask you just to stand? Can you read, Joel, if you put the prayer up, can can you read the prayer... The reason I ask you this is because I know you know it, lots of you, but when we do it ad hoc, everyone prays different versions. Whereas if I can ask you to read it, we'll all be praying the same version. Uh, let's, let's read this together. Not just to read it, but to pray to our Father. It's an invitation from Jesus himself to pray to our Father. It's such a privilege, such a wonder that we can do this daily. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen.